This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What's going on, everybody? It's Monday, May 16th, and you're listening to the College Football Daily. I'm your host, Nick Costco, and today we have a loaded show for you on the SEC. That's right, our own 24-7 sports national news desk writer and content creator, Brad Crawford, is going to join me to talk about his best and worst case scenarios for some of those SEC teams. And of course, the full piece can be viewed on 247sports.com, in addition to some of the other conferences as well, including Brad's own piece on the Big Ten. And well, really, the SEC fascinates me this year because of course you have Alabama and Georgia coming back you have other teams on the rise such as South Carolina and Tennessee and other teams starting over like Florida and LSU so we're going to get into all those teams and more coming up next so here's my conversation with Brad Crawford Please be joined now by National News Desk writer Brad Crawford of 24-7 Sports. Work with him on the National News Desk. But he has an interesting piece out right now. SEC football, best and worst case scenarios for all these teams going into the 2022 season. Brad, thanks for joining me, man. And we got to start out. And you know, people like, like, like to call you a homer a little bit or maybe even a hater. But South Carolina is up first. Your best and worst case scenario for the Gamecocks of 2022. Of course, they were highlighted by Landing Spencer Rattler in the transfer portal. They enter Shane Beamer's second season as head coach. Uh, what are your big thoughts on South Carolina for 2022? Yeah, best case scenario for Shane Beamer in year two in Columbia, Nick, I think is a nine and three finish. That probably sets as a five and three SEC record. I think the Gamecocks can get there if Spencer Rattler is the instant impact guy that that entire coaching staff and the big fan base in Columbia expects. You know, Rattler was a top 10 transfer portal player for us at 24-7 Sports. He committed in December, and really he was the first big name out of that portal to make his commitment public. Highest rated quarterback the Gamecocks have ever signed. I know Shane Beamer's excited for him. And then the other end of the spectrum, the worst case scenario for South Carolina, in my opinion, would be a four and eight season. Now that, that's that's about where Vegas odds makers have the Gamecocks. I think I've seen various over-unders at about five and a half wins. I'll be the first to tell you, if this team does not make a bowl game with this roster they have coming back, it would be quite a surprise in my opinion. You know, this this season's schedule, it brings back the orange crush portion, which among Gamecock fans refers to playing Florida. Tennessee and Clemson consecutively in November. And, you know, you're, you're looking at a road trip to Gainesville, November 12th. Gamecocks host Tennessee after that. And then go to Clemson, a team that the program has not beaten in almost 10 years. So this is where the Gamecocks fate, I think, will ultimately be determined. And, you know, whether this is a six-win team that Vegas expects or maybe one of those eight or nine-win squads that, you know, challenges that number two spot in the SEC East. Certainly, I could see a bowl game for Rattler and crew with that type of roster, as you just mentioned. But that best-case scenario would be great for South Carolina and all those fans out there. Uh, You mentioned already one of these next teams I wanted to get to, the Florida Gators, who I have a personal affinity for. But they start over. Billy Napier enters year one, taking over for Dan Mullen. Now, you have pretty high expectations for Florida bouncing back after a 2021 season that was very disappointing in the eyes of many Gators fans. Worst case scenario, not terrible, but it looks like best case scenario for you is Florida looks pretty good. Worst case, they just miss a bowl game. Yeah, I think expectations for Billy Napier need to be tempered a bit in year one, but I do think this is a roster that he inherits from 
you know, Dan Mullen that can get to six wins, get to a bowl game uh, and, you know, get the Florida fan base energized a bit heading into 2023. You know, Florida opens against Utah. The projected first line for that game is the Gators by two and a half points, which was kind of surprising. I think FanDuel was the first to come out with a line there. So Florida's actually favored against a team that, you know, most of us preseason guys will rank inside the top 10 in Utah. So that's kind of a swing game I'm looking at. And yeah, my, my best case scenario for Florida is a nine and three finish, which would, you know, put Billy Napier in the SEC Coach of the Year conversation. I know he's confident that Anthony Richardson, you know, he's going to be suiting up as Florida's QB1. If if he's a difference maker and Napier can kind of instill some tenacity on the defensive side of things, maybe maybe Florida can challenge for that eight or nine win best case scenario. But on the other end of the spectrum, you know, Florida's a team that could very well finish five and seven as well. You know, they're, they're an injury two away from being really an average football team. Napier has said throughout spring that this team is going to hit the transfer portal hard. It already has. And, you know, I, I would expect Florida to add several more guys, you know, before the end of fall camp. So it'll be interesting to see, in my opinion, just, you know, how Billy Napier finishes in year one and if he can get Florida to a bowl game and then perhaps then some. We'll stay here in the SEC East, and Tennessee is a team that is seemingly on the rise. They they basically exceeded expectations in 2021. First year under Josh Heupel, Hendon Hooker all of a sudden looks like he could be a dark horse Heisman contender now. I would say differently because I didn't give him enough respect in this offseason in, in terms of my quarterback rankings, but he looks pretty good. It seems like there's a lot... A lot of good things brewing over there in Knoxville. Your best case scenario has them at double-digit wins in the regular season. Now, that would be outstanding for a team that's been pretty much down the dumps for a long time, haven't seen the glory days in quite a, quite some time. Worst case scenario, missing a bowl game. But where do you think this Tennessee team can go in 2022, at least at their peak? Yeah, I think Tennessee could possibly win 10 games if really, you know, the, the ball bounces in their direction. Hendon Hooker stays healthy, as you mentioned, and Josh Heupel continues to build there in Knoxville. You know, you look at the schedule, Nick, and there's probably three games that Tennessee will be an underdog in, and the other nine, Tennessee will be a betting favorite. Those those three games were the balls where, you know, odds makers may not have in their favor. Alabama, that game comes in Knoxville. They also play at LSU, probably an underdog there, and then they play at Georgia in November. The other nine weeks of the season are very winnable for Tennessee. So, you know, if the Vols are able to take care of business, like I said, those other nine games, and then maybe go one and two against those three heavyweights, you're looking at 10 wins, which would really put Josh Heupel in the conversation for, you know, National Coach of the Year honors and uh, give give Tennessee a chance to finish in the top 15, the AP poll. But, you know, worst case, sort of like South Carolina and, and Florida, Tennessee's an injury two away from being kind of a middle of the road team at, at, at five and seven. I don't see Tennessee failing to get to the postseason with, you know, a, a five win lackluster performance, but something happens to Hendon Hooker, you know, you have to go with QB two there or Tennessee's defense is not as good as most of us expect it to be. Then, you know, there, there's games on the schedule week two at Pitt. Uh, SEC home opener against Florida, you know, home game against Kentucky, road trip to South Carolina. Those are all 50-50 games that at full strength, Tennessee probably wins, but an injury here or there, and, you know, Tennessee could lose those and really struggle this fall. Wrap up the SEC East. It's the defending national champion, Georgia Bulldogs. Now, you think very highly of this Bulldog squad. Now, there seems like there's a lot of expectation for Kirby Smart to get this team back to the college ball playoff at the very least. Your worst case scenario isn't that bad. And, you know, Georgia, like Alabama, which we'll get to later, one of the juggernauts of college football, one of the juggernauts of the SEC in particular, your best case scenario is they might as well repeat as national champions. What's your case for that? 
yeah, I think Georgia's going to be favored in every game. I, I think the schedule is is equally favorable as it was last season. You know, one of the things I look for this time of year in projecting these best and worst case scenarios is schedule favorability. And as you know, Nick, in the SEC, schedule favorability is everything. You know, whether you face the two toughest teams from the West or you get two of the cream puffs, you know, Georgia's schedule really sets up for success this season. I think the season opener against Oregon's a game that, you know, could, could potentially be interesting in the second half. That's a game that Georgia's probably a two-touchdown favorite, and the rest of them, you know, besides a home game against Tennessee late in the year, Georgia should be a double-digit favorite in every game. So as long as Kirby Smart's defense comes ready to play, you know, after losing eight starters, Georgia's a team that's going to challenge for another playoff spot and another national title. But, you know, worst case for me would be 10-2, and and that would probably equal a loss to Oregon in that season opener, and then, you know, one SEC loss the rest of the way, whether that comes, you know, maybe in an upset at Missouri or home game against Tennessee or maybe that Jacksonville rivalry against those Florida Gators. We'll hit the SEC West momentarily, but for now, I'll take a quick break. Keep it locked here listening to the College Football Daily. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Switching over to some of the big guns over in the SEC West now. Of course, we could talk about all 14 teams in the SEC, and you have a huge storylines for every single team, but there are three that stand out to me in the SEC West this year. Again, that's arguably the most loaded division in college football out of any conference. And we'll start with LSU as they start over or at least retool, reboot with Brian Kelly, the former Notre Dame head coach, takes over for Ed Orgeron. You like LSU this year for the most part. Uh, tell me about your best and worst case scenarios with the Tigers, knowing that they have probably pretty sky high expectations, maybe not right away, maybe so right away, but throughout a five-year period, Brian Kelly is going to be expected to do a lot for LSU. But for 2022, how do you see LSU playing out? Yeah, I think LSU has the roster for a eight and four type finish in the SEC West this season. You know, my my bold best case scenario projection would be a nine and three finish, which would put Brian Kelly as a you know top twenty five finish there in the AP poll. And then worst case for LSU would be five and seven, which would be a disaster. I mean, this this roster is is too talented to you know fail to reach the postseason, especially with this schedule. You know, LSU's going to be favoring that season opener against Florida State. That's other words, a, a home game in New Orleans in the Superdome. They face Southern in week two and then Mississippi State, New Mexico. So September's a schedule where Brian Kelly should have the Tigers 4-0, you know, halfway to that uh, win total that I'm projecting. And one storyline that I'm kind of most interested in later this summer heading into fall camp is, you know, who's going to be LSU starting quarterback. And I think depending on who Brian Kelly picks there, it could certainly, you know, sway the way that I uh, bet on the LSU during the preseason, whether it's, you know, over that eight win total or, or just below it. But LSU is, in my opinion, one of the toughest teams to project at least late spring. Here we are. 
Texas A&M is next in this division. Jimbo Fisher, and again, it's, it's amazing. We go from Brian Kelly to Jimbo Fisher in the same division. They're going to be playing each other this year. It's going to be, or at least coaching against each other this year. So that'll be a fascinating watch uh, this year as well. But, you know, it seems like Jimbo Fisher's knocking on the door. He just keeps knocking on the door. He's right there on the cusp of really breaking through and making Texas A&M the premier football program in this division and finally overtaking Alabama. Now, he finally beat Alabama, but all in all, it did not mean anything in the grand scheme of things as Alabama still got to the national championship game just last season. But your best case scenario for Texas A&M is 11-1. I'll put it out there right now. That's a fantastic record for Jimbo Fisher's squad. 8-4 and four is your worst case scenario. So overall, how do you see the Aggies playing out under Fisher this year uh, around this time? And do you see some postseason expectations or some bold predictions for the postseason for Texas A&M this year? Yeah, I think A&M as a preseason top 10 team, Nick, is still a year or two away from you know, competing realistically for a college football playoff spot. You know, best case scenario, 11-1 and one would just about get Texas A&M there. If, if Alabama finished unbeaten and was able to get to Atlanta, maybe Georgia beats Bama, A&M gets in as a, you know, four-seed at-large type scenario, that could certainly happen. But for, for that to come to fruition, I mean, Jimbo Fisher has to have a difference maker at quarterback. You know, he has to replace some of these stars on defense like like Leon Neal. So, you know, some of these guys front to back that A&M has lost with a lot of veteran leadership. But I think uh, A&M's wide receiver core is very talented. Evan Stewart, five-star freshman, is going to be one of the most impactful players in the SEC. And, you know, looking at the other end of the spectrum, the, the worst case scenario for me with, with, with A&M is probably an eight and four type middling finish, you know, and Coming off that lackluster 2021 campaign, I don't think Jimbo Fisher wants to win eight games in the regular season again like like what we've seen. So this team roster-wise just signed the highest-rated recruiting class in 24-7 sports composite history. So, you know, the, the proof's in the pudding that Texas A&M needs to win now and then needed to win big. So finally, it will, we will go to Alabama. And of course, you can find this full list at 247sports.com. Our own Brad Crawford writing this up. Best and worst case series for the SEC and also the Big Ten as well. So he double dipped this time, uh, the, uh, this part of the offseason. So Alabama final team, they're very similar to Georgia. And for all we know, Brad, we could see a collision course between Alabama and Georgia in the SEC title game, perhaps in the college football playoff national championship game again for the second straight year. But Alabama, your best case scenario and worst case scenario, very similar to Georgia around uh, this time around. But of course, they're in the other division, the SEC West. Yeah, flashback a year ago, I, I took Bama and Georgia both to finish unbeaten in the regular season and then both make the playoff. Well, that that almost came 100% true. Bama did lose to A&M in the regular season. I see the same thing happen again, man. These are the two most talented teams in college football, maybe Sands, Ohio State. Uh, Bama's schedule is is conducive to success. I do think the the week two game at Texas might be a little interesting to see, you know, can Bama's new offensive line, you know, block the Longhorns front seven. Will, will Texas speed, you know, at wide receiver with Xavier Worry, uh, B. John Robinson in the backfield, give, give Bama some problems. But I think Bama does finish undefeated in the regular season, has the two best players in college football back, in my opinion, and Bryce Young and Will Anderson. And, you know, worst case scenario for, for Nick Saban would be probably a 10 and two finish. But, you know, I can, I can count on two fingers how many times Nick Saban's only won 10 games at Bama. So uh, th- this is going to be a special year. I think as long as Bryce Young and Will Anderson, both those, you know, you know, one, two punch, stay healthy. Uh, Bama should be in the playoff again and likely as the number one seed. Our own Brad Crawford, again, find his piece, SEC football, best and worst case scenarios for every team in 2022 on 247sports.com. Brad, where can everybody find you on social media? Yeah, B Crawford 247 on Twitter. 
Check him out there. Always great content from Brad. Brad, appreciate you joining me today, man, on the College Football Daily, and we'll see if these predictions come true for you in 2022 for the SEC. Obviously, your expertise of all the conferences in college football. Thanks for the invite, man. Once again, great conversation with Brad Crawford. And of course, you can find that full piece on the best and worst case scenarios for the SEC and other conferences throughout college football on 247sports.com. That's going to do it for me. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at NickCosco59, N-I-C-K-K-O-S-K-O-5-9 on Twitter. Be sure to follow 247 Sports on Twitter as well. And be sure to like and subscribe and download wherever you might get your podcasts for the College Football Daily on Apple, Spotify, or wherever else. We'll see See you next time on another loaded show. You've been listening to the College Football Daily.